0: Good afternoon, everybody. Hope you're all doing well. Have you ever taken a drink of water, expecting it to be really refreshing and clear and cool and instead you get Sprite and it kind of brings tears to your eyes like, oh man, I've never hated Sprite more in my life. Or have you ever seen a commercial for something and thought, man, that looks awesome and you know what? I'm an adult and I can go buy it. And then you do. And you bring it home and it's just this isn't what i thought it would be this is not what the commercial promised or what was in my head have you ever had any sort of expectation and then the real thing didn't live up to what you thought it would once i planned a trip when i was was back in 2009 planned a trip to my first major concert and it was actually going to be a couple day trip. I was going to be there for uh, two days and two nights. I was going to go with my best friends and we were going to go see my favorite bands ever, Amberlin and Switchfoot. And I was so excited to see them. This was like no parents, no rules. We're going to stay up late and we just knew we were going to have the greatest time. Now we knew that over the course of this trip, where we'd be sleeping in my family's van in the middle of summer, that we would get hot, that we would get sweaty, that we'd be exhausted, but we also knew we were gonna have the time of our lives, so that stuff didn't really matter nearly as much. Now in reality though, we got to the concert and there were parts that were amazing. This is still to this day one of my favorite memories, but it was like one horrible event after the next just happened to make this kind of miserable in a lot of ways. It was way hotter than we thought it was gonna be, We saw a tornado on the way to the concert, which was up in Canton, Ohio. And that was freaky enough. Then it poured at the concert. So it's like mid nineties weather, 115% humidity. All the standing room for the concert was mud. So we're just standing in mud with thousands of people around us. The van, oh man, it was miserably hot sleeping in that. So, and there wasn't enough room in the back for all of us. So I had to sleep in the front in a seat, just lean back like this it was awful oh man it was terrible so the next night we decided you know what we cannot stay in this van for anymore this is horrible so we called parents and we said hey you love us and we're miserable can you please get us a hotel room and so they did not knowing what a disgusting state that we were in they just thought we're gonna help out our kids Well, on the way out of the concert, after we had been fighting all the time, my friend, he fought at me because he said, you keep bumping into me. I was like, we're at a concert with a thousand people. Where do you want me to go? Everyone's jumping up and down. We're muddy. It was horrible. So we're driving. We're like, OK, we got to leave. We've seen our favorite bands. This part was incredible, but we got to get out of here. We got to go to a hotel, get a real shower and not just be so miserable. So we drove to this hotel, but first, we had to get out of the parking lot, which was just a field of mud at this point in time. And it was on an uphill, so to get on the road, we had to travel downhill on all mud in this giant 70s style van. And of course we got stuck. And we didn't just get stuck, we actually, we pulled out of our parking space, started driving down the hill and realized, if we're gonna make it onto the road, we gotta have all the momentum built up to just boom, hit over the curb and get onto the road. So we're just like barreling down this hill, trying to control it in the mud. And Switchfoot, one of my favorite bands that we went to go see, decided to pull across the road in exactly that moment. And so we had to slam on our brakes and stop at the bottom of this hill in about a foot of mud. I have never been angrier in my life. So I get out of the car, I'm going to push this thing. Other concert people are coming to, like, go help us push out of this giant hole that we're in. And I'm standing right behind the wheel. So they hit the gas, and all the mud just up my whole body. I am covered in mud. We finally get out. We go to the hotel, and I think, okay, this is the end of our problems. I get in the shower, fully clothed because I'm covered in mud. I need to get it off. And the bathtub starts flooding up. It was just one thing after another. It was absolutely miserable. And I think they like, got our Taco Bell order wrong on the way home. It was miserable. Still one of the best nights of my life, but horrible. My expectation did not match the reality of what happened. And this can happen in our faith, too, if we're not careful. So I'm going to go over a few examples today of times where people expected one thing about Christ's call to them. And it ended up being a call to something different that they weren't expecting. So if you will turn with me to Matthew chapter 8. We're going to spend all of our time actually in Matthew's account. Matthew 8, starting in verse 19. Matthew 8, 19 says, Then a certain scribe came and said to him, Teacher, I will follow you wherever you go. And Jesus said to him, Foxes have holes and birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. Verse 21, another person, then another of his disciples said to him, Lord, let me first go and bury my father. But Jesus said to him, follow me and let the dead bury their own dead. So one man was ready to follow Christ somewhere, but he wasn't quite ready to follow him nowhere or in his wandering. Not really sure where they were going to end up for the night. He knew, yeah, I can be on a course with Jesus Christ but I don't know about this uncertainty factor. I'm not sure about that. The other man was ready to follow Christ sometime, but he might not have been ready to follow Christ now. He wanted to delay that following so he could bury his father, take care of some of the things he needed to take care of. But Christ's call was for now, not later. So these men had expectations that didn't match the reality of the call of Jesus Christ. When Christ calls people to follow him, the way isn't always going to make sense. And the timing isn't always going to make sense. Actually, I would say rarely is it going to make sense to us because we can't make sense of a lot of things. But are we ready to dismiss our preconceived notion of what the call looks like and when we are to follow? The second example I'd like to point out is a few chapters over in Matthew 26. If you turn there. Matthew 26, and this account is about Peter, the apostle, or just disciple at this time, I guess. Matthew 26, we'll start reading in verse 35. Now, this was just before Christ's crucifixion, and Christ tells them that they are going to fall away. They're going to to abandon him, and Peter is not okay with this. He, He is upset that Christ would accuse him of abandoning Christ when he's been so loyal all this time. And so after Christ says this to them, in Matthew 26, 35, Peter says, even if I must die with you, I will not deny you. And all the disciples said the same. Now we look at this and we say, ha, we know the end of the story. Peter was not ready to die for Jesus Christ. He denied him three times. But that's not totally true. Peter wasn't lying in this moment. I think he was ready to die for Christ. If you go forward just a few verses in uh, verse 51, Of Matthew 26 it says and behold one of those who are with Jesus this is after all of the guards come to arrest him behold one of those who are with Jesus stretched out his hand and drew his sword and struck the servant of the high priest and cut off his ear then Jesus said to him put your sword back into its place for all who take the sword will perish by the sword so Peter was ready to die for Christ He was swinging swords at people's heads. He was out for blood in that moment. He wasn't care if he went down or they went down as long as someone went down. He was ready to go out in a blaze of glory defending what and who he believed in. But we know from the end of the story that Peter wasn't quite ready to follow Christ because the death that Christ suffered wasn't glorious. It wasn't a spectacle. It wasn't amazing. It was humiliating, it was slow, and it was agonizing, it was painful, it was brutal, and it was visible. Peter did not want that kind of death. Blaze of glory? Absolutely, I'll follow you to death. But humiliation, scorn from my people? No, that doesn't sound good. So Peter had an expectation that did not match the reality of Christ's call to follow him. Are we ready to dismiss our own preconceived notions of how it's going to look when we follow him? Like Peter wasn't in this moment. Now we know he went on to follow him, even through humiliation, scorn. But at this point in time, he wasn't ready for it. So are we. So what about us then? We're the third example that I'd like to point to. What are our expectations of what is being asked of us? And how does it match up to the reality of what Christ is calling us to? In Matthew 28, 18, if you turn there for a final scripture. 28, 18, this is a call that Christ has for us. He obviously said it to his apostles in that moment. But we understand that this is a call that echoes throughout time. Especially because at the end of it, uh, he says, I'm with you even to the end of the age. And we know the apostles weren't there till the end of the age. And we're still here. So we take that, this call to mean it's going to us as well. Matthew 28:18 says, And Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And, lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Amen. So Jesus asks us to share the gospel message of repentance and salvation to those that are in the world. He calls us to speak to other people on his behalf so that he can call them. Now, I think we're often ready to speak for Christ, right? We use our words a lot. We are a very Bible-centric church. We read from the Bible a lot. We discuss the Bible a lot as long as we're in comfortable settings. In church, this is fine. A conversation after services, something before services, speaking a message like I'm doing right now. We're comfortable with all of that. But are we ready to follow Christ? Because Christ-speaking was not always done in comfortable groups. This is throughout the gospel. He ate with tax collectors and sinners. He expounded on the gospel to a Samaritan. He extended salvation to the Gentiles. And he knocked at the door of the Laodiceans in Revelation, who we all ridicule so much, asking to come in and share a meal with them. These are all people that throughout time, if we were back then, we would have looked at him saying, you're associating with a Samaritan, a Gentile. Now we do it with Laodiceans, but the subject's still the same. It's people that we aren't comfortable communicating with that Jesus Christ had no problem communicating with. And no one assumes Christ was in danger of compromising on his beliefs for the company that he kept while on earth. And yet sometimes now we feel like too much association, too much conversation with someone outside of our faith is compromising on our beliefs when it really shouldn't be. So I'll ask the question, what lines have you drawn for yourself that you believe Christ must have had in mind when he asked us to make disciples of all the nations? Is it all the nations, but I can't talk to a Buddhist because I might compromise, an atheist because I might compromise, a Christian of a different denomination because I might compromise? Or when he said all the nations, did he mean all the nations? Is our expectation matching the reality of Christ's calling? Christ never claimed to have an easy calling. The yoke is easy and the burden is light only because he's shouldering the weight with us. Not because it isn't difficult or won't feel heavy to us sometimes. It should cost us everything we have to follow God. Everything we have to follow him where he wants us to go. And most of us here have already made that commitment. So let's make sure that we know what he expects of us so that our expectations match his reality.